I'm Harry Nichols. This is Kid Stuff. I'm an indie musician and teacher living in upstate New York, and on this podcast, I'm sitting down with creative people of all sorts to talk about their own adolescence and how they came to be the people that they are today. Today's episode is very special to me because I got to interview a former student of mine for the first time. Zach Kazian is a brilliant musician who plays in a band called Human Betrayal, among other projects. In our conversation, we had the chance to talk middle school with a fresh perspective, and I was really humbled by his perspective, his humor, and his optimism. Before we get into it, I want to mention that I have a new record coming out. After eight years, my third LP, Songs for the Rich and Beautiful, is just about ready to see the light of day, and I am so excited to share it with you. Get in on the ground floor by following my social at Harry Nichols Music on Facebook and Instagram. I have just begun telling the story of how this record came to be, and I would love to have you along for the ride. As always, you can find all of the music and links referenced in this episode in the show notes. And without further ado, let's talk to Zach. All right, Kai Cassian, thank you for joining me here in uh, this, your former classroom. Yes, this is... Uh this is a weird place to be in. But has, has a lot changed since the last time you were? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, actually, not much. <laughs> it was yesterday. Yeah, it was so just, it was just yesterday I graduated. That's so. right. So, so people listening at home, this is uh, or in your car, I guess. I don't, why do I say listening <laughs> at home? I don't know. Uh, Kai was my student literally yesterday at the time of recording here. Uh, it is June the twenty third. Um, and so, yeah, he's, he's just, he's graciously coming in to tell me a little bit about, you know, just like your experiences, right? Yeah, pretty much. I'm just here talking about middle school, how much I liked it, how much I didn't like it, how much it was, it's, it's, it's a whole complicated thing. We'll get into it. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. So let me start by asking about, um, you know, you're a musician. Yes. What, but you're a multi-instrumentalist. I mean, so what do you consider your first... My, instrument. my first, first love. instrument first, first first instrument first love is a different story but first instrument <laughs> first instrument um i think i started learning when i was two i started learning the guitar mm-hmm. when i was two i got my first guitar um me and my me and my dad my dad had an old fender acoustic kind of thing and uh he actually gave it to me and he tells me i would just like drag it along on the floor uh-huh. like i wouldn't go anywhere without it like Aww. even sit on it watching television. <laughs> Some kids have like a stuffed animal or whatever, right? Like a comfort animal. You had a comfort guitar. As yeah, a, child. a comfort guitar, so to speak. I think I, I think I was so comfortable um, with it to the point where the headstock literally broke. Oh jeez, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> have to get that fixed. You still have the guitar? Uh, yeah, I still have it. That's going to be a keeper because that was my first ever like yeah. real instrument. And so, do you consider yourself a guitarist primarily, or what would you say is like your primary instrument? Like your, <laughs> oh god, um, I don't know what my primary instrument is because I, I do like band and orchestra here at school. So, and I've got other stuff going outside of school. So I'd say I don't know my primary. Um, I'd have to say. Yeah, either bass guitar or piano. Nice bass player. Who are your Who are your uh, bass player inspirations? What are, who do you like? Um, I I really really like um, Marcus Miller and Victor Wooten. They mm. are absolutely amazing bass players. Really great innovators. 
and I just I get a lot of the, uh, my inspiration when I'm like writing bass lines from mm-hmm. them. They're just some really cool dudes. I like I like their style. Yeah, and just like so like supremely technical too, right? Like, yeah, so you, really you're technical. into like technical playing. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not so technical to the point where I can do Victor Wooten's classical thump. Right, sure. My friend uh, Preston, who actually just picked up bass uh, like two years ago, he actually perfected the classical thump. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. And he picked up the bass how long ago? Two years ago. Wow, that's impressive. And, I, and I've been doing it. I've been doing it since I was like four, and yet I'm not to that point yet. I'm sure that both of you can like out bass me. Like I, I love, <laughs> I love playing the bass. It's such a joyful instrument. You know, even when you're yeah. playing like hard, like if you're playing rock stuff or or like even like metal, sort of dark sludgy. Um, things like it's just such a it's hard to be in a bad mood playing the bass you know it's just such a bouncy like it's a good it's a good instrument and not it's good for bass lines it's good for melodies especially when I like the upper ranges Mm -hmm. the bass is just I think the essential instrument because you can't really have you can't really have a song without the bass sure because I mean you could do like acoustic guitar and drums or electric guitar and drums it would feel empty without the bass. Mm. That's why I think bass is the essential instrument. Yeah. So, you know, basically Jack White, like, get, get a bass player. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we're saying. Or, or just do what he did, just drop tune his guitar. Right. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I actually love the White Stripes. Yeah. Uh, they are I, really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I totally hear you that um, you can d- – unless you're sort of deep into a – a white stripes uh like hole where you're you've only been listening to white stripes for a while yeah you can definitely feel like the missing low end right yeah i wrote my first song um february 2021 i was actually uh stuck at my dad's house um and i was like you know what i've got nothing to do so i might as well just write a song Mm -hmm. i had this little riff in mind for a long time now um, and I was like, you know what? I might as well just put words to it and see what comes out of it. Yeah. So basically I was just like jotting stuff down in like the notes app. And so I was like, you know, this is actually really good. I should try and record it. Nice. And so I did. And then after I was done recording it, I was just like, whoa, I just wrote a song. <laughs> <laughs> like almost you didn't realize you were doing yeah. it while you were doing it. <laughs> like I never really intended on writing songs. I only... In- Tended on being like in a Beatles cover band or something. Right, sure. <laughs> but like, I was, I was like, you know what? This is fun. I should do it some more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I was initially going to release an album last year, June eighteenth last year, um, because Paul McCartney released an album on my birthday. Oh, so I was like, you know, I might as well release an album on his birthday. But I have no idea how Spotify works. So. Oh man, <laughs> yo, okay. <laughs> If you want to, if you want to put that, you, you're gonna have to wait until June 18th of next year. But yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, like if you need help with any of that, I'm, I I have been guiding um, a couple of like high school kids. They're they're releasing indie music as well, and so I've like walked them through that whole process. So like, if the time comes and you want to do yeah. that, like I yeah. just walk in and be like, oh wait, that's my old teacher. Sure, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. just walk just waltz right in. Doesn't matter. I could be in the middle of class. No big deal. Just be like, uh, Mr. Nichols, I need you to help me with this thing immediately. No, it'd be more like. Uh, Mr. Nichols. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. It, Nichols. Puberty does that to you. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I got back to my seat, when I grabbed my certificate, I was like, hey, you know what? 
we are officially disgustingly pubescent teenagers. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's okay. You guys have been disgustingly pubescent for way longer than that. So. <laughs> The second song I wrote was this very stupid song. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, the so- all the lyrics are is just, have you ever really seen a baby monkey? Nice. And that's the entire song. It's like a funk, nice. funky kind of thing. Wait, wait, what's the title of it? Have you ever really seen a baby monkey? Have you ever really seen a baby monkey? <laughs> that, so that speaks to something that I think is like kind of quintessential about the middle school character. I don't know what it is. So like, I'll just like let you know how it is from my perspective. Yeah. Like, um, there's a certain like, particularly among creative people at, at the middle school level, there's like a certain like, like goofiness that I think is is the first, um, the first impulse a lot of people have when they're creating creative works in the as middle school students is to is to do something kind of wacky out there and goofy. I I did a, an indie music production club this year, and um, most of what I got were like sort of like bizarre like goofy silly noise tracks that people made sometimes like one person did uh did like a dance pop thing it was like but like all they said over top of what of of it was uh, it's a baby goat it's a baby goat it's a baby goat it's a baby goat Um, that kind of that kind of reminds me puppy baby monkey oh my god (laughs) puppy baby monkey dude what year is it That I don't a, know anymore. That was a waking nightmare, that commercial. Yep. Um, but I wonder why you think that is. Why do you think that there's such a or, – or, or am I wrong about that? Am I wrong about that? No, no, that no. Impulse? You are totally right. I see many, like, teenage songwriters kind of going into this, like, juvenile wonder place that, like, a bunch of creative stuff comes through. And, like, some of it is, like, really good, but most of it's, like, really wacky and funny, and I kind of like it. kind of yeah. gives – uh, there's this YouTuber I've been watching, Daniel Thrasher. He's a comedian slash piano player. Okay. And he does uh, that kind of stuff, like wacky, funny songs. And I see many teenagers doing it, and I, I really like it. I've mm-hmm. been doing it. And so it's also just kind of fun to just make wacky songs. Sure. Take a break from the serious mm-hmm. stuff and, like, you know, have a little fun. It's fun to have sure. Fun to have fun. <laughs> so it is fun to have fun. Yeah. If, if you, but you have to know how. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you seriously just make a cat in the hat reference? I did, and then I waited <laughs> until I saw the recognition in your eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I think that that is definitely true. I think um, it's something that I really enjoy about the middle school character because I think I I also have this sort of uh, impulsiveness to like. To silliness and absurdity, you know. Yeah. Um, is and and I don't know that that's something that really sticks around in a lot of other adults. You know what I mean? Like I think sometimes I think it's a gift because it helps me like relate to middle school kids. But sometimes I, you know, like looking at my peers, I'm, I'm sort of like, yeah, I definitely st- still am not fully an adult and i totally should be yeah <laughs> one thing i really hate is teachers who try to relate to their students too much to the point where mm-hmm. it's absolutely terrible tell me tell me more so like i did have a sixth grade um social studies teacher mm-hmm. and almost every single slideshow she had 
a bunch of like bitmojis of herself. Ah. Uh. Oh my god. And then we were learning about uh, ancient Mesopotamia, <laughs> and she literally just pulled up. It was basically a parody of a song, a rap version, but just about the Euphrates River. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. This person's trying way too hard. <laughs> oh, I see. So so what is that experience like when 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 there's an adult who's like trying to be too trying too to be buddy too buddy. trendy, yeah. too trendy. Um it's like and one side of my brain is like, okay, they're trying. I appreciate that. But the yeah. other side of my brain is like, please just stop. <laughs> and do you think it would be better? Do you think the teacher would be better off if they didn't do those things or do you think that they're what do you think? She could she could have done uh she could have done like serious not trying too hard to be trendy but I mean you know she was a bit strict at times so it was it was kind of fun kind of cringy at the same time yeah. yeah and that's such an awkward line to have to walk to yeah. this is like from my perspective as as a middle school teacher trying to like trying to to connect with students um in a way that is uh Fun. Like fun and gen- but also yeah. genuine, but also at the same time having to toe a certain line as far as like discipline and, yeah. um, you know, making sure that the building runs a certain way, you know, or at least controlling your microcosm of that. Yeah. Know? I imagine if it, it seems – do teachers seem like, like – like, multiple personality disorder to you like uh, sometimes i feel like i look that way when i'm just like hey 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 guys and i'm like stop doing you know like, yeah <laughs> stop touching each other but have fun you know <laughs> um, yeah many teachers uh kind of have uh some sort of multi-personality thing but like the thing is most teachers have that very strict side yeah it, most of it is that very strict side i i have this math teacher. She kind of she was mostly on the strict side, but whenever uh-huh. she was teaching math, she was always like you know light and bouncy, right? Um, but oh my gosh! So I walk up, I walk up to this teacher, yeah. and like she was just on the board being all happy and bouncy, and so I walk up to her and I'm like, hey, uh, could you help me with this thing? I'm kind of having trouble with it. She's like, no, I'm I, I'm not allowed to help you. Excuse uh, me, that's your job yeah, <laughs> to yeah, help yeah, us. Yeah. My knee jerk reaction is like, you know, I'm thinking about like, what is like, what has been happening with with this person today? You know what I mean? Like, where, what, what, what factors in their day maybe have led them to that sort of that brusque, you know, response? But, but, uh, but I totally hear you, right? And yeah. and and I think that it's it is tough a little bit for people not everybody like you seem like a pretty perceptive guy yeah but like but a lot of your peers um you know are still very much operating in that sort of like like ego bubble where yeah. uh, kind of uh, everything in the world they only kind of view as it pertains to them through that lens you know what i mean and so they're kind of like they're in an ego bubble right like yeah um and so when you when that happens it's really hard to like uh, consider uh, factors in like another person's day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah, my brain just works differently. That's actually what my first song was about. Uh, like these all all these crazy questions in my brain. I just mm. you know just splatted it on the the notes page, and yeah. I was like, you know, these are questions I ask people. These are questions that I ask myself. Mm-hmm. What are the questions that you're referring to? Uh, yeah, many of the questions are like, you know, did I, 
the first verse goes, um, did I ever make someone smile? Did I ever make their life worthwhile? Mm. What if I can make the world better? Or will I have to only sit and wait? It's only time. It's just an intermission. That's the title of the song, Just an Intermission. That's 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 kind of the thing with my brain, because like, whenever I'm thinking about these questions, whenever I'm talking to these people, it's literally just a pause, an intermission from like the real world. Yeah. Well, that, that's so interesting. Like, I, you know, those questions that, that you mentioned, that things about like, uh, you know, making uh, whether or not what you're doing is making a difference in the world and, and stuff like that. Is it, Am I interpreting that right? Yeah. That's kind of what you're talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Um, you know, those are questions that I think are pretty timeless, you know, like people – People continue to ask those questions into adulthood, and I think that – and I still, you know, myself, I, I continue to ask those questions. Um, not that you don't start to carve out, you know, more more of the answer to that, but it's just it, – that's kind of an endless question. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I, I think it speaks to a lot of your just, like, maturity that, like, you're you're kind of, like, making art that has that sort of, like, timeless thematic material. So, yeah. you know, kudos to you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes. So you were just you were just in middle school. I was right? literally just you in middle school yesterday. Just here. I was yesterday. just here. Yeah. Um I mean, man, if you had to put a couple of descriptive words to the experience of, like, day-to-day being in middle school, what, what would you say? Uh, well, let's see. Um, it, it was fun. Very painful. <laughs> yeah. And what, like, physically painful? Yeah, both, both physically and mentally, but mostly sure. physically because my back really hurts. My backpack <laughs> is very heavy. <laughs> and not only that, but just yesterday we had a pride parade, and I was carrying around one of those big fiberglass sousaphones around. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that big sousaphone. Yeah. So the thing is when we were doing parades, we do parades here at the school, and um, usually for parades they have, like, big sousaphones, but, mm-hmm. like, we don't have a sousaphone at the school. So yeah. uh, Mr. Treat knew that I really wanted to have a sousaphone. And so, like, for the last day, um, he basically walked up to me and was like, hey, um, I just want to show you something. So I walk into the music office and I see the sousaphone and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. A thank you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're so funny, man. Like, you're so, like, I love your your fascination with tubas and sousaphones specifically like like you know i've seen i've I've come across other kids who are obsessed with you know guitars or you know turntables and drums and stuff like that you're more traditional rock instruments i i have not had a kid who sits in class and uh like window shops for tubas and sousaphones (laughs) you know what i mean like Yeah, the world knows. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, um, I I have been uh, playing tuba for about two years now. Yeah. And I've I've really gotten to the world. I've really gotten to the world of the tuba. Yeah. And so like there there's the thing is with like brass instruments, you got the trumpet, just your basic B flat trumpet, not too much variation. Mm-hmm. You got your your trombone. Okay, it may have some valves or like like a slide. It's it's pretty much basic stuff. Yeah. But then when you get into, into tubas, there's a whole wide range of like 
possibilities, different sizes, yeah. different board board lengths, different uh, different types of valves. Wow! And it's it's the tuba has more variation in design than the other brass instruments. I had and see, I had no idea. What caused you to play the tuba? Like what? Well, it it initially all started when um, I uh, stepped across a video on the internet. It was of the uh, the Canadian brass. They were doing mm-hmm. Flight of the Bumblebee, uh, and the tuba player Chuck Dallenbach was doing like the world's fastest Flight of the Bumblebee on the tuba. Oh, cool! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> And so I was like, you know what? I should probably play the tuba. Yeah. My aunt was like, you know what? I'll buy you anything under a thousand dollars for Christmas. And I was like, there's no way I'm gonna find a tuba for a thousand dollars. I eventually found one for like five hundred bucks on oh. eBay, and it was it was in remarkable condition, really good condition. It was Great. a very rare horn as well. Nice. And and so. Me and my aunt were supposed to keep this a secret, but my mother was snooping through my text messages, <laughs> and she found out. I was oh like, come on. <laughs> this is so – it's just so funny that, like, you know, I, I feel like the cliche is that your parents are snooping around in your things, and they find, like – like dirty magazines yeah. or drugs yeah. or you know what I mean? And like your mom was snooping around in your stuff. In my phone. And she found your plans to acquire a tube. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, that's a strange thing to find. Yeah. <laughs> my son wants a tuba? What? Where did I go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you specifically about teachers who disappear. This was a year. Yeah. This was a year that was like that, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I think everybody a, disappeared from yeah, the district. Yeah, I think a lot of people spent a year at, at home teaching on the couch. You know, yeah. And then when they had to come back I- into the trenches, um, that was a that was a tough that was a tough transition. Not yeah. that um, this isn't legitimately hard. You know. Um, Hello, DeWitt students. What? Um, I hope you're all happy and here we have day. an announcement. At this time, sixth graders should transition to the auditorium for their grade level meeting with um, our school leaders. Any, and yep. seventh graders should transition to the long hallway or the library for their social time. Anytime. And, uh, Any minute Eva, now. Your Chromebook is in the main office. Thank you. You're welcome. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that noise cuts the very fabric of thought, does it? Yeah. Not? I um. So I was just <laughs> talking I was about just, teachers. I was talking about teachers who who have have a hard time re-entering yeah. um, school because you know this is legitimately hard, and I think that if you um if you, if your whole heart and soul wasn't in it to begin with, or maybe you it's kind of whittled you down a little bit, it was really, really tough to re-enter it. And so I think people really struggled to to stay in it. And so you I'm sure you experienced this thing of like people just kind of vanishing. Yeah. I mean what's that experience like from the student's perspective? I don't know if it's it's not it's not just the whole COVID quarantine thing. Yeah. I feel like nowadays it's also kind of also on the students 
fault because do, do tell. Um, nowadays the students have really not been doing their best. There are some people who have really done a great job in middle school, but most of the children that I've seen, they're not doing their best job nowadays. Because mm. what my theory is, my theory is because we literally missed a year and a half, mm-hmm. physically we're in eighth grade going into ninth grade, but mentally we're in seventh grade going into eighth grade. Mm. Okay. So like – how do you think that that affects how, how kids do? Um, well, they, they literally just had a mental break for a year. Mm-hmm. And so like they, they didn't really have a seventh grade. So now they're trying to live out a, sec- a seventh grade. And I feel like when they missed out a year, now, they're, now the teachers are teaching things – that eighth graders would understand, but again, our minds are mentally in seventh grade, Got you. so we don't fully understand it yet. So, do you think that that's going to cause like? Do you think that's going to cause problems later on? Is it going to even out? What's the deal? I mean, I I'm not sure. Will we have to do an extra year? Who knows? Hmm. But something that I think will happen, I feel like the students are going to get into this point where after they graduate. They're going to be like, I feel like I missed a year hmm. because, you know, obviously they, they did miss a year. Yeah. But they feel like they want to do more in school. Yeah, that makes me wonder and worry a little bit about just mental health uh, for, for kids in your generation going forward. Because, like, um, you know, missing a year of social growth and uh, emotional growth and stuff like that, um, it's annoying now. But I, I, f- I find those – problems tend to you know become other stuff you know they 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 get bigger uh, uh, that sort of disturbance kind of ripples you know what i mean throughout the years and so i i, I am i am legitimately worried about like what we're going to find here when um you know you guys are like of age you're like 18 um yeah. and going out to be adults in the world not that i worry about like you specifically yeah just, but like uh, everyone know, in general but like a a large portion of of the students that i saw this year um, yeah i was pretty worried about i'm not gonna lie yeah what do you think people need in order to overcome this sort of like missed year i'm just gonna start by saying i'm not a therapist so i wouldn't sure. know <laughs> but many of my friends are like my mental therapists mm-hmm. so what i think we need are just some really good friends hmm. slash therapists because <laughs> I mean many people throughout the year um, especially a couple students in particular have really helped me get through some really tough times hmm. especially the German test a couple of the kids skipped class just to comfort me and reassure me and oh, I, wow. yeah I really appreciated that I feel like we need more people like that in the world. Definitely. Who go out of their way. To just, potentially even get themselves in trouble. You know yeah, what I mean? like, just yeah. to help other people. Yeah, I think that that's real. Um, and I think that it also speaks to a little bit of the ways that the structure of school just can't. Yeah. Can't, it just can't meet the needs in some way uh, of kids, right? Because like, if a kid has to or if a group of kids has to put themselves at risk – uh, of you know disciplinary action in order to support one another like what what you know what kind of system is that second day 
of middle school, um, I've been um, being bullied by a couple of students in particular. And these are the same students that have been bullied for three years now. Three years. And, like, the second day I reported them. And so, yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, we, we, are, we, can, we can do some stuff. We'll work it out. We'll talk with the students. They did absolutely nothing about it. Yeah. They did nothing. Yeah. And this has, been, this has been going on for three years, yet they did nothing, literally nothing. Who knows? They could have done something, but very, very little something. But even if – so even if they did something, it, it's clear that it didn't change anything, right? Like yeah. we, didn't, we didn't have – we didn't see change from whatever action was taken, right? Yeah. That's interesting, and I, I, I fully feel you on that. It seems to me – I had this moment of reflection this year where um, I was pretty concerned about a couple of kids who I thought were being bullied and you know, repeatedly brought these issues up when we all have our meetings to talk about you all while you're not there. You know, as yeah. Um, not to be creepy. The only thing that really seemed to stop it was when kids got suspended, and the only suspensions ever happened seemed to me because of – non-bullying related things right yeah um you know bringing drugs into school or yeah throwing chairs down the stairwell stuff like that would result in in uh suspension rather than the sort of slow trickle of bullying over years and years and years and years and i think that yeah man like it's interesting to me that just where that priority is yeah like there are very big issues that i feel like the school needs to prioritize like, and apparently there's a 10-strike rule. Why 10s? Ten? 10 yeah, strikes. 10. Can you imagine that baseball game? It would <laughs> never end. Like, like you do it like baseball. It's just like narrow it down to three. Right. Narrow it down ten to three. strikes? You get to do 10 bad things, <laughs> like really bad things. <laughs> yeah, you get, to, you, get, you get 10 chances to walk in the hallway without a pass. Right? Oh, my which God. Which I feel like is very dumb. They punish kids for not walking in the hallway with a pass. Well, that's what I'm – yeah. Yeah, they need to prioritize other things. Like there have been many instances with physical violence and sexual harassment. That yeah. needs to be addressed. Yeah. But instead, they're punishing people right. just for not holding a piece of paper. The priorities are, are – yeah, you're right, man. They're so screwed up. I think it's easier to punish walking in the halls than – a sexual harassment claim, you yeah. know, um, because that doesn't require any kind of investigation. Um, you usually you're not going to inspire too much uh, ire from parents if you if if you if their kid gets in trouble for walking in the hall. But if you accuse their kid of being a sexual harasser, there's going to be a conversation there. You know, what yeah. I mean? um, and I think that might be partially why people kind of shy away from that. But I, I fully agree that. You know, you're not doing the work there. You know? Yeah, you got to do the work. Uh, otherwise, it's not going to be uh, an accommodating space. You know, a safe space. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Did you experience a lot of? Did you personally experience a lot of bullying this year? I mean, I've been experiencing bullying for the entire time I was here yeah. in in middle school. Almost wow. every single day of the school year, I got bullied by the same students. Like every day, and I'd always, I'd always just walk home in a nervous wreck and cry myself to sleep. Wow, yeah, it, it's it's really it's, were but it's it's they... a thing that happens. I'm kind of used to it. Well, that's that is that's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Are you, I, I mean, are you? Uh, 
you know, it, it, are, was it like physical, the, the hitting? Was it more verbal, emotionally abusive? What was it? Um, like the majority of it was micro. Uh, the majority of it was microaggressions and stuff. Yeah. But some of it did include some physical violence. Um, I did get uh, punched in the arm one time, and it it was really it was really bad. It had like a big a big bruise there, and they wow. did nothing about it. They wow. did nothing. I'm so sorry, man. So on, be- on behalf of the school, I feel the need to, to apologize. You know, like that's um, – we failed to, to, to prevent that from happening. You know what I mean? And that is definitely one of the things that is, is on us. I mean, um, yeah, I'm so, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I, I, I'm hopeful for next year for you. The high school, I think, is yeah. going to be a big change, and maybe that will be good. Yeah. Are you, are you excited for next year, or is it the kind of thing that oh, – I mean, I'm both excited yet nervous because – the people who were here, the like the bullies who were here, it's going to be a hundred times more than that. Yeah. So it may be better. It may be worse. They may actually do something about this whole bullying thing, but mm-hmm. who knows? Only time will tell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So what do you think should be done about that? I feel like instead of just like – I feel like what teachers and like – people in the office do they just like have a very brief talk with them and what i think they should do is really like sit down and like have kind of a prolonged talk with them talk about how what they're doing may actually be affecting not only the physical but mental lives Mm -hmm. of people like sometimes the people at the school caused me to make me feel like I didn't want to exist anymore. Mm. These people made me feel like I didn't deserve to be a person. Mm-hmm. They, me- they made me feel like I was a waste, a waste of a fetus, to say. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like they should really sit down with these, these people and talk about how mm. these situations could really be affecting people's lives and how they should really change mm-hmm. how, they, how they act around people yeah and you know yeah i'm wondering what would make that conversation uh, effective you know what i mean i mean i think i think uh kids who are accused of bullying they do get lectured a lot you know uh when when they're caught in the act you know yeah um it never seems to change anything right like so i wonder how those conversations could be could be more impactful or how they could actually inspire some change in behavior i don't know and i don't know the answer to that maybe it's the kind of thing where like if you're caught you know, per, per, perpetrating some sort of act of bullying, um, it should be like more than just like a one – more than one talk, right? It should be – A series of talks. A series of talks, maybe some sort of mentor type situation, you know, where like you have to meet with a certain person whose job it is to like check up on you try to figure out maybe the reasons why you were doing this and yeah. try to satisfy those needs, whatever they are, you know, um, to like get more at the root of the problem. But I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Let's talk about plugging stuff. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, human betrayal. Uh, we just released um, a single called "Please." Go check us out on Spotify. Sick. Um, we're thinking of releasing an album uh, or an EP 
Um, we're going to call it queer all year because Pride Month is almost over. Mm-hmm. But come on, we just don't need a month. We need a year. We need Pride we need year. A, yeah, Pride year. Let's go. Um, and then um, I also have a couple Instagram accounts. Um, Zach Cajun, mm-hmm. Z-A-K underscore K-A-S-I-A-N. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically just me doing random stuff. <laughs> right on. And um, I guess... Um, I'd also like to thank a couple people. I'd like to thank um, many of my great teachers, Mr. Nichols being one of them, Uh, Mr. Buck, the orchestra teacher, Mr. Treat, the band director, um, and uh, Mrs. Gray, the principal, Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Mr. Woodridge, the theater theater teacher, and Mr. Buckner, the tech teacher. And I'd also like to thank a couple of students. David Kretz, very good friend of mine. We literally just bonded this year. I'd like to thank uh, Kai Truame, uh, Levi Heeman, and Zadie Wang for being there every single day. Love it. That's beautiful. Amazing people. 